Yesterday evening I have been you know, giving an, or I've tried at least to give an overview about you know what it means to strengthen and develop the seven factors of enlightenment and that we are using you know the template of the four foundations of mindfulness and the different tools the Buddha has given us you know in order to strengthen and perfect those seven factors of awakening and you know and as long as our minds are completely liberated they are under the influence of or they are subject to distortions <clears throat> but because you know our minds are not yet fully enlightened we are perceiving those distortions as if they would be truth and that's you know the, that's what we call ignorance and that produces suffering so basically you know the meditation is a is a skillful means in order to let go of those distortions and you know correcting those distortions by applying our minds in the four foundations of mindfulness to see the way things truly are. And, uh, you know, in that process of applying ourselves to the meditation, we are overcoming, you know, slowly but surely, those mental projections which automatically are happening, you know, based on sense contact, you know, then all kinds of uh, assumptions are kind of set off. This is a conditioned process and those assumptions are kind of taking off you know, and we are taking them as truth and then we're getting more and more entangled in a web of assumptions and that's what produces suffering. And you know, if we are coming to work on this web of assumptions to kind of let it go but we can't willfully let it go because otherwise we would already already have done it. But we have to kind of deconstruct this web of assumptions through inside meditation. And that's what we are trying to do here. And uh, to really understand, you know, that perceptions are not kind of neutral. Perceptions are conditioned. You know, according to our past conditioning, many different levels, you know, cultural and then our family, trauma experiences in the past, all of that, you know, mixes up into this very sticky web. And, you know, some people live for a very long time not even knowing that there is a sticky web all around. And everybody here, you know, has understood that to a certain degree, so that you are willing, you know, to spend a week here in noble silence and, you know, and giving up a lot of the distractions of contemporary life to really try, you know, to understand the situation. And ideally, you know, to kind of let go of some of the layers of this sticky web. And the only medicine, you know, which works is inside. There is no other way, you know, you can't force the mind. You have to kind of put the conditions in place and then 
that you know letting go happens as a result of putting the right conditions into place. And as I said yesterday, you know, the internal condition is wise attention and the external condition is spiritual friends or how it's sometimes said in the scriptures, the voice of another. You know, the voice of another who is maybe a little bit ahead on the path and who, you know, can suggest a few tools. And that's exactly, you know, what we are trying to do. And uh, to really understand, you know, that in, in regards to happiness and peace, our perceptions are distorted. And then the thinking based on those perceptions are distorted. And then the views, you know, which develop out of the thinking are distorted. So these distortions, you know, can be found on three levels. The lightest one is perception. For example, you know, going for a walk in the woods and then looking on the forest floor and there's a long thing and then for a moment you think, oh, it's a snake. And then looking again, no, it's just, it's just a stick. So that can be remedied very fast, you know. And then the next level would be if there's like a whole line of thinking kicked off, you know, by thinking about poisonous snakes and thinking about what you saw in the TV about it and thinking about a friend who got bitten by a snake and all of it the, and then getting really worried and restless. That's the next level. <coughs> and then the most insidious level is then the level of view. Maybe, you know, some people might develop a phobia of snakes. So they can't anymore go in the forest at all because every stick is a snake for them. And uh, to understand, you know, how serious that is, actually. So it's a, you know, it's a, a kind of a whole overlay, you know, which starts with a innocent, uh, you know, sense experience of seeing something, hearing something, smelling something, touching something, and then, you know, kicking off a whole line of mental proliferation. And then if that's habitually ingrained and, and unconsciously, you know, kind of adhered to, it becomes a view. And, you know, and we have lots of wrong views. And many of them are just so much part of our daily life and also quote-unquote normal, you know, for a human being. But in terms of uh, enlightenment, those views have to be seen through they still, you know, we still adhere to having a name and being somebody, having a job, having a car, having a house and all of that because we have a body, but the body isn't what we think it is. So it's what I spoke about yesterday, you know, but being in the world but not being of the world. And inside meditation is the technology, you know, which can help us to see through and then live, you know, in the world, but also at the same time knowing it's not what meets the senses, you know, there's much more underneath. <clears throat> and the meditation, you know, on the four foundations of mindfulness is bringing that really deeply home over the years, you know, it's, it's a very long process. And in the scriptures, you know, it's compared to um, the river Ganges, you know, which slopes, lands, and goes towards the ocean, you know, through the whole continent of India, starting somewhere 
the foothills of the Himalayas and then slowly but surely, you know, going towards the ocean, it's kind of meandering and it's not, it's not a straight shot, you know, but slowly but surely it's going there. And all of the practices, you know, which we are doing, the precepts, the <coughs> noble silence, the meditation, everything, you know, together, slopes and slants, you know, towards increasing clarity. And uh, in the scriptures, you know, there, there is a sutta, it's also in the Anguttara Nikaya, and it's called the Vipalasa Sutta. And Vipalasa means distortions, and then there's different other translations of that word as well. Uh, uh, Bhikkhu calls it inversions, to turn something upside down, and Joseph Goldstein calls it hallucinations. And then in the very, in the more older translations, it sometimes was called also perversions. So you have your pick distortions, inversions, hallucinations, or perversions, whatever works for you, that's what you're doing, and me too, and everybody else. <laughs> and you know, for a, a good example, you know, how we can bring the, the concept home is, for example, you know, a, a piece of rotten, flesh, for example, for a vulture it's a feast, you know, and for us it's it's something really disgusting and we don't want to have anything to do with that, so that pr brings home, you know, it's, it's just completely conditioned according to where you find yourself, you know, in the universe, you look at something and then according to your past conditioning, according to your karmic situation, you perceive it as either a feast or something really terrible, horrible. So that already makes it very clear, you know, because we are not a more important piece of the universe than a vulture is. Even we think we are, but we, we really are not. Because we all, you know, are processes which are constantly changing, which are unstable and which lack an unchanging core, which are empty of self. So that's, you know, what's through the meditation practice, what we start to look at, you know, we have to just kind of find the practice and look at our sense experience in a different way, you know, pay attention to our experience in a completely different way than what we usually do because usually we look at everything in terms of liking and disliking because we are completely wedded, you know, deeply to our experience of feeling tone, to have more pleasant feeling tones and have less unpleasant feeling tones. That's, you know, what an untrained mind does. And there's a certain kind of value in that, you know, for example, if you hold your hand into a flame, it's going to become an unpleasant feeling and you pull it away. And that's really a good thing, you know. So this is an evolutionary equipment which we all have, which serves, you know, to survive in the jungle, basically. But we are not anymore living in the jungle now. And so we have to kind of temper that equipment through inside meditation if we want to live 
with wisdom and compassion. And so we have to find a practice, you know, which instructs us to look at our experience in a different way than usual. You know, which look at features of experience we normally don't look at. And, and the most number one is to look at impermanence in the four foundations of mindfulness. And then, you know, if we are looking at impermanence, for example, breathing in and breathing out, then what will reveal itself next is the instability and the unsatisfactoriness, you know, of all phenomena. And what stands out next then would be, you know, the empty, it's empty of a self, not self, which means, you know, that all phenomena do not exist from their own side, but they are just like a coming together of causes and conditions and which is constantly changing. So, you know, if we are kind of instructing the mind to look at our experience in a different way than usual, because the, usually we're spinning stories about liking and disliking, pleasant and unpleasant, and if we are, you know, practicing inside meditation, we are turning the mind towards features we normally don't look at, such as impermanence. And then, you know, those distortions start to kind of give way. And I just want to kind of, you know, mention those four distortions now, so that, because that's a really nice, compact list, you know, which we can use in the meditation practice. And looking at experience in that way hones, you know, the seven factors of enlightenment. Because if you're looking at experience in this way, you have to apply mindfulness, you have to apply investigation, you have to put in some energy, then you know if there's a certain sense of contentment and joy by being in the present moment and you know tranquility, um, stability of mind and equanimity is just a natural result of such kind of looking. So the first one is seeing what is impermanent as permanent and then you know attaching to it because we want more of it or less of it. Second one is seeing what is painful as pleasant. Third one is seeing what is without a self as a self. And the fourth one is seeing what is not beautiful as beautiful. <coughs> so the first three you know, are directly relating to the three characteristics seeing what is impermanent as permanent, seeing what is painful as pleasant, and or seeing what is you know, unsatisfactory as satisfactory, and seeing that which is without a self as a self. That's the three, right, relates directly to the three characteristics. And then the fourth one is Seeing what is not beautiful is beautiful, meaning, you know, getting distracted through all kinds of infatuations, you know. So these are the four distortions or hallucinations or inversions, you know, which we are all living under, basically. And through the inside meditation, we are trying to correct that. 
and that's a long process because um, the first and the third one, the impermanent, seeing that which is impermanent as permanent and seeing that which is without a self as a self, those two, they are alleviated at the stage of, of stream entry. Then the second one, seeing what is, no, this, then the last one, seeing what is not beautiful as beautiful is alleviated with a non-returner. And the second one, seeing what is painful as pleasant, is done with at our hardship. So, you know, it's a it's a very big work, you know, but that's one way, you know, of, uh, of looking at what we are dealing with. And I think it's very important to know what we are dealing with in order to get a handle on it, you know. So those four distortions of perception is one way of describing the situation and you know our starting point basically. And this you know very simple meditation of noticing impermanence is the medicine, you know. And in order to be able to really stay steady with it, we have to develop those seven factors of enlightenment and then over time, you know, when those distortions are completely, you know, seen through and let go of, then that's the equivalent of having the seven factors of enlightenment perfected. And being lost in the distortions is the equivalent of being lost in the hindrances. And the good news is, yes, that they can be trained because they are we have, you know, been trained into them and we can train ourselves out of them. By just simply paying attention to particular features of experience we usually don't pay attention to. And we can start, you know, by paying attention to impermanence. It's really very, very simple and very, very powerful. And then, you know, over time, we are getting less and less lost in the content of our experience. We get less and less lost in the stories. And we are becoming more and more conscious, you know, of the structure of our experience, the process nature of experience. And then, you know, if something difficult happens, we are not completely lost in the story about loss, old age, sickness and death. But we can see, well, you know, in a universe where impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and not-self is operating, how could it be otherwise, you know? We don't stand a chance, you know, to brace ourselves against this truth, but we can harmonize ourselves with it. And that's the same as, you know, letting go of attachment letting go of fixation, <coughs> you know, and being with the way things are, and that translates into freedom of suffering. And then, you know, by <coughs> looking at our experience in the way, what, what is revealed is that our true nature is nature itself, and we are part of nature. And the grasping, you know, 
isn't done by a self which lives inside our head, but the experience of self is a result of grasping. And seeing the impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and emptiness of all phenomena is the medicine you know, for letting go of grasping. And you can't do that letting go, but that letting go is a result of seeing clearly. And what we are seeing is, you know, the four distortions. And how we see them is through practicing the four foundations of mindfulness. So it's, it's really not rocket science in terms of intellect, but it just requires a lot of uh, steadiness and being able to bear with, you know, boredom, you know, wanting to run away and wanting to turn away, wanting to eat something, wanting to speak something, just wanting to have something different than what is. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.